to make extremely difficult and soul-searching decisions. We're talking about practice. Well, my friends came back to me. I'm back here in the studio after running solo last <laughs> week. We say it's funny we say studio because Jeff McLean, who has joined us, the esteemed beat writer from the Philadelphia Inquirer, walked in and realized that it's just the office with three microphones. We on could, the table. we should, but put studio a, sounds a whole lot more. Professional. It does. We should put a picture up of something like I, Kim, Kim Jong Un, or Farrah Fawcett, our, our yeah, you know, leader. Lou Rubito, could be Lou Rubito, uh, Jeff McLean, yeah. Jeff McLean has spent a tireless season covering the Eagles. We're going to ask him a question right now. What should the Eagles not do with the number eight pick? Not do. Oh, we're going right into the draft. Um, it was just on my mind, so I figured I'd start. No, that. I mean, that's what everyone's talking about now. I mean, I know. free agency's are pretty much over, and everyone's kind of looking towards the draft. I mean, really, the NFL season is just a 17-week interruption in draft coverage. The, it really it's is. Gotten, it's that's, gotten that's, so big. Um, so the uh, Eagles have the number eight pick. Yeah, and which, is, a, which is a sexy pick now. You there's know? a school of thought that they should they should be angling for the quarterback of the future. There's a school of thought that if Ezekiel Elliott there is there, they should take a running back. Because apparently, I didn't realize this, but Ezekiel Elliott is Adrian Peterson incarnate. Right. And not that Adrian Peterson. Yeah, but that, that that thought about the can I interrupt? The, yeah. That thought about the running back is just like from. But that's why I'm asking. From like yeah, I mean they're from fans who love running backs. Well, actually, it was the topic of. Conversation on my sports radio show. I was listening to on my way to the office. Right. See, you, I'm yeah. sure it has. But they still, you know, it's like it's like people still haven't learned the lessons of Ricky Williams. You, it's, like they, you, it's it's funny though. Murph listens to sports radio just to find the right straw mans yes. to drive the discussion exactly. of our podcast. Right. So we'll just do the opposite so the, of yeah, what they're saying. It's like saying. the sports radio sets up the straw man, and then it's no longer a straw man. So then I can use it because I'm exactly. actually talking about whether the sports radio people should be talking about it. Exactly. I mean, but like, haven't we learned our lesson? So meta. I mean, you yeah. know, after what Chip did last year at running back, it's like, why are you investing all this money in that position where you can just – I mean, you've seen it. If you have a good enough offensive line, you can plug – a number of guys, a fifth-round pick or sixth-round pick. I mean, I bet you if Howie was running – and I'm not trying to glorify Howie, but Howie would have never spent all that money on DeMarco Murray and Ryan Matthews. It's interesting to have this discussion to piggyback off of that, Jeff, because I I heard Mike Mayock, Murph's favorite analyst, on the radio. The um, I I call him omnipresent Mike Mayock. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, he was road grading on a 94-1 WIP. What does that mean? I don't know. Was he waist-bending? He might have been waist-bending. Road grading. Road grading and waist-bending. Scout's term for offensive line. Oh, so you're saying Mike Mayock was he's a he's a lunch pail kind of when he's on the radio. Anyway, the point is that um, he he called Ezekiel Elliott a special running back, but he said that a team the team that drafted him would have to have a good offensive line. Well, yeah. So he basically contradicted himself within the same like if you're a special running back, then you don't need right a good offensive line to succeed. There's two types of running backs. And it's pretty much at this point Adrian Peterson and everybody else. But there's those running backs. Running backs who need a good offensive line to succeed and running backs who don't. And I don't know that Todd Gurley might not be, might be one of the latter. Adrian Peterson He's might good. be one of the latter. I don't know. I think Jamal Charles might be one of the latter. I mean, there's there's a handful, but... McCoy's, McCoy's still pretty good. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, for, in large part... I mean, look at Ryan Matthews. The Chargers traded up in the first round to get him. And guess what? He needed an offensive line. Look at like, Do you think Doug Martin just... Like decided to stink for a year, or do you think maybe the Bucks' offensive line wasn't as good right. as you know? Mm-hmm. Like it, so, it, all right, but let's get back to the question that we that we posed to Jeff, which is okay. It's draft day. It's Thursday night. The Eagles have the number eight overall pick. What would have to happen? What would they have to do for you to go? 
whoa, that's bad. That's not what they should have done. Um, yeah. You know, draft they, a quarterback, draft the running back, draft a safety, draft a, a linebacker. You know, those are unless it's Miles Jack. Um, those are positions you don't want to. I mean, the, the Eagles, what they did this offseason is it's it's back to the quote unquote glory days. So now that we're getting back to the Andy Reid era, I mean, what are they going to do? They're going to draft a lineman mm-hmm. on one side of the ball, and it's probably going to be the offensive line. And it's probably going to be Ronnie Stanley. It's like everything is just pointing to to them drafting this this guy. I mean, I, I you know, I hate to say it's a, it's a foregone conclusion, but the way you look at the way it's going, and it seems like it's going in that direction. I don't know. We'll we'll see. There's other guys that could be av- available. Um, Hargraves is certainly a guy that that certainly needs to be mentioned. Uh, they haven't. You know, you don't like. You look at that cornerback position and what they have there right now. I mean, is Leotis McKelvin the answer? Opposite a rookie, uh, not a rookie, but a second-year guy, and Eric Rowe, who only had what, what five career starts. Mm-hmm. Oh, I will say, Nolan Carroll, who just resigned, I did not think he had a bad season last no, year. No, he, I thought he was good. one of the more. Good. I think he might have been more dependable than Byron Maxwell in at least in man tight man coverage. I would uh, agree, but yeah, he's he's okay. Like again, I'm not saying he's, but at least if you go into into a game with the three cornerbacks they have, or the top three or four cornerbacks they have on their roster, you're not you're not you're not giving a game away at least. I mean, it's not that much worse than you had last year. And you also have, I mean, Ja'Cory Shepard coming back from, from uh, injury. You have, you, you have some inventory there. Uh, maybe you guys. Have no clue what Ja'Cory Shepard No, but I'm saying your hope is that one of those guys that you drafted last year ends up, you know, making it healthy for the whole season and can play a dime role. I guess. I just don't trust Howie with the cornerback position. His track no, I mean, is terrible. I don't, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's awful. But Yeah. And we also, yeah, and you wrote about this last week, you know, what kind of pass rush are they going to have? There's kind of this presumption that the pass rush wasn't an issue because they had a fairly decent number of sacks. But you look at when they got those sacks, they came in huge bunches and they were games significant and significant stretches of the season where they didn't put enough pressure on opposing cornerbacks, I, I thought their edge rush was awful last year. I thought I agree with that, and I and I think that was one of, one of the that's one of the kind of the under the, under the radar topics that people haven't really been paying much attention to because Fletcher Cox was so good, and you would think with having that guy in the middle that it would open things up like it did the year before for the Connor Barwins and the Brandon McGrands. But Brandon Graham was just okay this yeah, past year. He was a guy. Connor Connor, I mean, does a lot of dirty work for you, but as a pass rusher, he's below yeah. par. And Vinny Curry, I think they're expecting Vinny Curry to come in and be this like dominant edge rusher, and you know I'm not sure if he's if he's that guy. Yeah, I don't get the Vinny Curry. I I get the fact that he, you know, whatever Pro Football Focus, whoever grades their Eagles film, grades him well a lot of times, and he, you know, whatever he's got a lot of that. <laughs> but he's played never played more than 35 percent of the snaps, and it's just I, I don't understand how anybody can have a strong opinion on Vinny, Vinny Curry well, I think he has potential obviously I mean he he did produce on the snaps he was in there but he's also he was also very much like Andy Kalu and like he was in, only in there on pass rushing downs and he all he had to do was get upfield you know right. I, so I don't know I just don't understand like Vinny Curry has, is just like one of these Philadelphia uh, cult phenomenons that has developed over the last few years Maybe just because of absence. Maybe absence makes the Harker I mean, I know he's played well when he's been in there, but right. what, I mean, like what? Ba- he's yeah. like the backup quarterback, you know. You right. Right. Value him because he's not playing as much or not playing at all. I guess in the backup quarterback situation. So uh, to answer your question, yeah, I think if there's a great edge rusher there that they think you know that they think he can come in and you know edge rushers is really hard for them to come in the first year and, mm-hmm. and so you can kind of put him in that rotation. I mean that that gives you four guys which 
four guys that are getting paid a lot of money. So I wonder if that's the direction they'll go in. Right. Um, especially when you're still you're committed to Vinny beyond this year. Brandon, you're not necessarily committed to beyond this year in the same way Barwin. So maybe you're thinking, all right, down the road we got we got to get this guy. Uh, and if you think he's, I mean, if Joey Bosa drops to eight, I think you got to take him. Yeah. Or if he's like there, right in front of you, or something, you know, and one of those other teams doesn't need that that need. Um, so I guess I would go O line one. You asked uh, what they wouldn't do, but what they shouldn't do. But I'll say what they should do. Probably O line one, uh, DN two, and defensive tackle. I would I would still include in there because there's so much depth at that position in this in this year's draft, and there's some really good guys that you can get there. I mean, you know, the kid from Oregon, obviously. Uh, although he may be more of a two-gapper. Um, because, I, I, you know, while you have Fletcher Cox and you're going to commit to him long-term at some point, and I do like Benny Logan, I don't love Benny Logan in no. terms of a pass rusher. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's what this is. That's what you're now having with this Jim Jim, uh, Jim Schwartz front. It's predicated on on getting uh, being aggressive and going after a quarterback. And I don't know if that's that's Benny's... Uh, well, I, I looked at it. Just, just to interrupt real quick, yeah, it's yeah, interesting. Yeah. We're having all this discussion about edge rushers and... What's the one name that we haven't mentioned? Marcus Smith, a first-round pick from two years ago. Yeah, who's supposed well. to be an edge rusher. You know, here, here's and there's the, reason we haven't mentioned him. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm, see, here's know. my thing with the Marcus Smith thing. Like, yeah, he 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 just. My impression of him from a year of watching him up close is he has no motor whatsoever, and he just doesn't seem to like. I don't know. Like, he just doesn't seem to. Not, I, I don't. I never want to project not caring on a guy, but he just like he's not one of those to use the cliche high motor guys you know he doesn't seem like he's he's burning with desire i think i think i think his main problem is power i you know i think he when they drafted him they really liked how he turned a corner Mm -hmm. but like you can't do that against nfl tackles yeah yeah i'm saying all the time and he just he you know and i think he got a little stronger and there were a couple times where you saw maybe he was he was starting to develop some some strength um you know the question I'll pose to you guys, uh, even though this is your show. Um, <laughs> hey, take it over. Bring he, it. Was, was Bring he buried? It. Was he buried by Chip and Jerry Azanaro and Bill McGovern because Howie? It was Howie's pick, or did they bury him just because he because he can't play? That's interesting because they haven't. I mean, it, it's not financially advantageous for them to cut him yet, but he's still here. You know, and they. Uh, I don't know. Like it's funny. I just I literally just asked Zach Berman that very question before you you showed up today. Um, today being Wednesday. What was uh, Jeff like number two on your depth? Jeff chart, wasn't or here. Why didn't you ask Jeff? Zach was here first. Okay. Um, but I asked Zach that question, which is, you know, what are we to read into about the fact that Marcus Smith is still here, uh, other than just you know, it's well, yeah, not I mean, it's not advantageous to pick, cut him yeah. yet. Right. I mean, yeah. There's there's certainly some money. What do you have to lose in giving him training camp to see if he can right. develop, et cetera? But it, it could be, you know, like Danny Watkins a few years ago, you cut him um, going into year three, and because I mean, he, you know, again, like, okay, even if he makes the roster, where is he gonna? How much is he gonna play? Right. Got three and where guys. is he a defensive end? Is he a line? You know, I think he's, he's been... defensive end. I don't think he can play the Sam linebacker oh. position. Uh, although they did play him a little of inside a couple of years ago, but that was a disaster. And they they yeah. didn't really have him ask, ask him to do much when he did play it. One thing I thought was interesting in the, in that last game of the season when when uh, Pat Shermer was in charge was they had Marcus Smith go down on the end a little mm-hmm. bit, and that's he was actually down when he yeah. got his first sack. And Barwin too, they they had him lined up at at down at end um, when he got a sack. And yeah. I don't know, I would I asked him after the game what he preferred. And it was kind of just like a typical Marcus Smith answer. I don't really care, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I said he did both at Louisville. But it, I, you know, I would at least be interested to see if that 
changes. I, I've that. heard that. I've heard him say that, or you know, after the fact, is that he he probably maybe felt like he could be more of a four three DN. I don't know we'll because see. he's so long. It would. I mean, being down. The, the, the weird thing about Billy Davis's scheme is I've never seen a guy try to run a three four single high scheme and absolutely not care at all about your edge pressure. Like th- th- those schemes all are always predicated on having a guy, whether it's, I mean, not to go back to the Broncos all the time, but those two guys, but mm-hmm. I, I mean, the Steelers, they always had that guy who, who maybe Marcus was supposed to be that guy, but they just, Brandon Graham and Connor Barwin were both guys who were better at setting the edge and playing the run than getting to the quarterback. Neither one of them are blazingly fat. I mean, do you, do you agree or disagree? I would agree with Grant. That's a real surprise. I mean, and Connor, too. I mean, that's Connor's thing. I right. Mean, uh, and, and he could drop it. But they didn't cover. have that. Like, you see guys go out there and, and draft one guy to be that guy. Well, they, right. they thought, yeah, they thought Marcus would be that guy. But they just, you know, I, I don't know. I was just never really impressed with, with – I was never really sure what Davis was trying to do. I mean, he, he had undersized linebackers, but then he didn't bring in a – I like again. I like Benny Logan, but my big thing with him is he's not a huge guy who can eat up double teams. Like I think it was very instructive that uh, the, that the Eagles have been in, and I haven't paid attention to Twitter at all today. I don't know if they've signed him or not, but the, the Nick Fairley chatter. That's uh, I think that was all. I don't know where that came from. You know, some person that but claims if, I don't think Fairley. But when you there. look at, at Schwartz, who, who's really only dominant year since his Titans years, you know, as a coordinator on defense was with that Buffalo team. And mm-hmm. that Buffalo team, the biggest thing about that team, and it's why Kiko Alonso had such a good year, was they had Marcel Darius, at, at, at who, who is a more of a nose tackle type than mm-hmm. Fletcher Cox. But then they lined up him up next to Pat uh, Williams, who's right. like 397 pounds or whatever. He's like one of those, <laughs> yeah, he's he one of those classic Gilbert Vince Brown. Wilcor, yeah. Vil, Vince Wilfork kind of guys, yeah. And like to me, it's very obvious. Like if you have two, that's that's why the Redskins were so good this year because they had they brought in Knight in and he could. I mean, if you look at when the Eagles struggled and when when they dominated, it was against teams who did not have that interior, the guys who could knock Jason Kelsey into the backfield. Essentially, right. um, I'm curious what I'm curious what whether Schwartz learned anything. And I mean, he had Nick Fairley and and Sue in Detroit, so I don't know if he's a guy who likes having. I don't know what he thinks of their defensive tackle situation. I guess is what I'm saying. What would you do? You think they are interested in bringing another defensive tackle? Well, they have, let's see. If we look at the uh, the unit as it is right now, it's, so you got Fletcher Cox and Benny starting, and then after that, it's like Bo Allen and right. is there anybody else. I mean, they, they didn't re-sign, re-sign Cedric Thornton, and and I agree with that move. I think Cedric kind of starting to plateau these mm-hmm. last few years, and yeah. he's more he's a run stopping guy. He's got no pass rush, and you know, I think he's kind of turned almost into a two-gap guy, even though the Eagles originally drafted him as a one-gap guy. Um, I don't know. Is there any? Am I, who else is on the roster? So they're going to need they're going to need a third reliable guy. See, to me, I think Benny Logan is in a perfect world is your third reliable is yeah. more of your nickel dime. Uh, yeah, third the, down guy, right? The yeah. quick guy. Can he get he to the was quarterback? So, I mean, you know? Oh, I like. Don't get he me. was so good in that first half of the season. Then he got a little hurt. He's banged up, and he kind of he kind of uh, leveled off. And maybe things will change, but but you don't get gashed like the Eagles got gashed if you're succeeding up front. And 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 for as good as Fletcher Cox was, I, I don't know. I just think you need to when you look at you know the under the the tackle the tackles that will be filling a role like that have filled a role like Fletcher Cox filled. They've always there's always been somebody next to him that's you know, been the guy who can kind of eat up the double yeah. team. And, and I, don't know, I, I blame those row, those run woes more on, on those second level linebackers 
Yeah. I mean, Kiko was just so bad. Yeah. I, I've never seen a, line, a starting line or a guy play that much and be that bad. No, I can, and I continue to think that he was playing on one knee. Like, I, there were a couple times when you just – I don't know. I think he's yeah. playing I play, I think he's playing on one brain Brains. Yeah, I was going to say, you could ask him if he was hurt, but you wouldn't get an answer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I Hey, I still think Kiko Alonso – At least Alonso not a coherent has, one. He, I, I think Kiko Alonso has upside, but – Really? Yeah. I mean – I, I, th- I think he's shot. I think I, he's done. Yeah, I mean – Book it. He had a rookie. Look at Jono. He's a third-year player, and he had a great rookie year. You yeah, know, I, but I think that was a product of the system. Um, I, 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 mean, no, again, wrong, like, I'm not I, th- I, I think if he's healthy, he's 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 pretty good. But right. I, I don't think he's okay. going to be. I think he's going to be one of these guys that's you know. I'm not saying he's Luke Keekley. I'm just saying in, a, in look, the right he system. He looks hesitant. I don't know. We'll see. It'll be interesting yeah. to track to see what he does uh, with the, with the Dolphins. Um, well, the fact that the Dolphins took him probably doesn't bode well for him because that that. Organization. That organization is, you know, it's funny. Raiders South. Yeah, we, we, uh, I wrote a column about this last Sunday about Mike Tannenbaum. This is what he does. That's Howie's boy. Yeah, he's he's buddies with Howie, and he was groomed under Bill Parcells and was the Jets GM for six years, and it is do whatever you can to get veterans in right now and try to make it run at right. this thing right now. Right, and he's got right an idiot now. owner that, that exactly. will, will sign off on that on exactly. stuff. But, um, Just like he had if in If I steer this conversation back to number eight, what do you guys think of quarterback? Um, I'm sure your listeners probably want to at least hear yeah, I, some uh, of, of whether they, you know. We don't have any listeners. <laughs> I'm skeptical, A, that Your listener. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's Tannenwald. <laughs> and me, when I when, when it automatically starts playing, when I get in my car, it connects to my Bluetooth, and I can't, I'm trying to find a way to shut it off. <laughs> Before you get in an accident. Yeah. Um, uh, well, you're Mr. Quarterback, David. Do you like... What, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm skeptical, honestly, that they're going to get one. That there would be one there that they would take. I mean, I think Goff and and Wentz will be gone. Okay. I'm not sure I would take. Pa- I don't think I'd take Paxton Lynch there. So, assuming that, no, I wouldn't take a quarterback at eight. I like Goff, but the hand. Th- I I really like Goff, but the hand thing I guess scares me because I think it's one of those things that like I mean NFL ball. If you grip an NFL ball and you compare it to a college ball, there's a significant difference to it, and mm-hmm. that he would not be the first guy to struggle with that. And if he, you look at the Heath Schuler was the first one that that came. That came actually, up the for first it. one I heard about before it might I think it was before before Heath Schuler was Tony Saka. Ah, yeah. I Penn State guy. Yeah, Penn yeah. State guy. I do remember that. Yeah, I mean, he Arizona. was a knucklehead too. But um, Jeff the McClain. golf thing. I, Jeff McClain's I, a Penn State fanboy by the way so no nah, no nah. <laughs> i covered the team <laughs> i did go to school there james but, franklin forever what is if, what is the national consensus on hackenberg is everyone finally realizing well, that he's can, like can, f- can i just get back to golf yeah, real sorry, quick sorry. I, I i talked to like um just taking over man i talked to a really pretty well connected uh not well connected a pretty high up executive about, and he doesn't need a quarterback on golf and he said he said that what he saw was a guy that couldn't make throws beyond the first read and I think that was the biggest. That That's was interesting. the biggest complaint. Yeah, and I was like, I mean, I haven't watched enough of golf, and even if I did, I probably wouldn't even mm. know, um, you know, like like this guy knew. But that he said that's probably more of the issue. I'm like, wow, for a guy that's going to go top five, that's kind of a concern. And then with Wentz, who I saw at the Senior Bowl, and I and I like, um, he's, he's I think he's pretty polished for a one two A guy. I still think that he's going to need some time. Yeah. In terms of like you know understanding defensive concepts that you're going to see at the pro level, um, like I think Wentz has like a I think Wentz is a physically a combination of Cam Newton and Aaron Rodgers. Like I actually think he has that level of like upside with his tools. But when you mention one read, like he was one read to the extreme. Rodgers and uh, and Cam. I mean, I'm not, athletically, look, 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 look. He's got. Uh, let me explain that. He he can run, 
And but he's not as he's not as powerful as Cam, but he can he can run a little bit. He he he's got more. He's got Rogers mobility a little bit, than probably better. I, I mean, Rogers has eyes in the back of his head. I don't know. I, but, but again, I'm talking. I'm breaking down school set, skill sets right here. Fastball, slider, curveball, mobility. He has it. He's got a very strong arm. No, you don't I, think? I, I'm not impressed with his. I think his mobility is okay. I mean, he's okay. Oh, better for like a you know pretty good for a six foot five, two hundred forty pound guy. But right, but uh, I'm not saying he's going to run all over the place. But yeah, but, he, but he's is he like Newton? Do that though. Newton Rogers is the kind of guy that. who can keep who will you know the offense will. I mean, purposely what? put the ball in his hands on third and three. Is right. Wentz that kind of guy? No, that's what, no. See, okay, this is why. I, all right. <laughs> I can't. First of all, now we're going to spend 15 minutes talking about something that I did not even mean. Okay. What I'm saying is, Wentz physically, he's a tall, strong guy who ran a read option offense in in college, Mm -hmm. who can run a little bit. Again, he cannot. Disclaimer: He can't run as well as Cam Newton, but he's got that in his repertoire. He's got a very strong arm, and he's got a very quick release when he needs to on the run, and he can make throws on the run accurately. In the same mold as Rodgers. I'm just right, saying, right. I'm okay. think in that direction. Okay, like, no, I mean, I, you know, I've heard some people compare him to Luck. I mean, who, again, who, who... All right, don't uh, even get me started on that, because if they're comparing him to Luck, but again, you're talking to the wrong people. But again... They should be fired. But again, he's got some sort of... He's got some sort of athleticism like Luck. Um, but I'm trying to think who I, who I think he's more. I think he's more like, you know, one of these second or third tier. I think that's what he's going to end up being. Uh yeah, I mean I think I think again second or third tier type of guy. I think he's got elite tools across the board, but again he ran a he he never had to look beyond right. one read in the offense that he ran. Right. Um, he ran, I mean I've watched four, three or four of his games, and it, you know he's got fair he's got fairly polished footwork. He's got very good field awareness, and he's got a remarkable ability to throw on the run strongly and accurately but again he 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 just didn't have to look at the field at all and yeah. i think he would actually be a great quarterback for for chip kelly hmm. yeah i mean maybe yeah but i i guess goff will probably go to the browns or Wentz. one of those two i think somebody's browns. gonna trade up for and then the rams hmm. well yeah one of those the rams will trade up for him right trade, trade up for the other one and that i think those are your two teams yeah i mean so it's, the, it's so a, like i think it's almost a foregone I, I mean i don't know I, I i wouldn't be surprised if one of those guys drops too it's hard to say because it's not. I don't think it's not a clear cut year. Yeah, and I, you know, it's like not a clear cut year in terms of. Other teams I mean, it's, that don't need quarterbacks. They're like, you know, these guys right. aren't even first round talents. So All right, watch this. Hey, write this down because this is what's going to happen. Somebody is going to be in love with Carson Wentz. Okay. And they're going to trade up with the Titans for that pick. Uh, it might be a hopscotch, so the Titans can still get their tackle at number three or four. But that's what's going to happen. And then the Browns are going to get golf. Okay. All right. All right. Now to Hackenberg, your right. Hackenberg question. My feeling is that whatever potential he had was beaten out of him over the last two years, playing behind that line and playing in James Franklin's system. Um, that doesn't make him. That didn't. That doesn't necessarily mean he would have been a first round pick had he stayed with Bill O'Brien. Um, but I do think the chances would have been better. Um, I think you'd see a far more refined quarterback. I think you have. Uh, you know, a possible situation now where you have a David Carr situation before the guy even gets to the NFL, where David Carr in 2002 is the number one overall pick, goes to the Texans and gets the snot beat out of him and becomes a shot fighter in the NFL. I would, if I were an NFL team, I would worry that Hackenberg is already there. Jeff, you're the Penn State guy. I mean, well, you- I mean, I would love to be on the on the exonerate Christian Hackenberg bandwagon because of James Franklin, but I just 
just everything I've I saw the last two years. I mean, my my main concern with him is accuracy. I mean, yeah. you can't complete fifty three percent of your passes, and then expect all of a sudden you're gonna get the NFL. Everything's gonna be solved. You're gonna be a sixty eight percent passer. I like generally what happens is if you're not accurate in college, you're not gonna be accurate in the pros. Right. It just it, it very rarely um, is there the reverse of that. And to me, it's like very simple throws he can't make. Um, mm. I mean, he can make the throws, but like in terms of accuracy, yeah, that, right. that was the cons- that was yeah. the biggest concern. Yeah, is that's that he, fair. I mean, we're talking about quick bubble screens and and five that, yard right that end up four yards over a guy's like head, yeah, killing somebody in the third row, you yeah. know. Yeah, I don't care if like that's something. You, okay, well, that's not that's not what he does well, or you know, that's Franklin's rinky dink offense. Well, yeah, but you got to throw bubble screens in the NFL. I'm sorry, that's just. Yeah, my thing is, I think there's certain things that quarterbacks need coming out of college and you just can't develop in the NFL. One is a certain level of footwork and comfort in the pocket. Mm-hmm. And number two is just the accuracy. Yeah, repeatable accuracy. And, yeah. and on throws that you have to make. When they're there in the NFL, you have to make them. And, you know, bubble screens, yeah. uh, you know, a tight end dragging across the field. And, and Hackenberg was just... He looked like Kaepernick sometimes. Like, remember that throw that Kaepernick almost it, it ended up in like section 124. Yeah. It was yeah. like a throw that uh, Johnny Mox and th- threw in uh, Varsity Blues when he hit the <laughs> yeah. hit the uh, mascot off oh, the yeah. horse. Yeah, the it other thing, like the other thing, only unintentional. The other thing too is that apparently I talked to another couple teams. Now again, this isn't all 32 teams, but a couple other teams that had the meetings with him, and he didn't. They weren't really impressed with really with his with makeup even that that part. Of hmm. it, which I think a lot of people thought that he would, because he is a smart kid, uh, but he's also got some, uh, you know, like some concerns about character sort of thing. I think he got. I think I don't think he's a. I don't think he's a bad character guy, but like he he gets out. He got out in state college. I don't hmm. think he's Connor Cook. Yeah, what's the deal with him? Because I always I always really liked him. Bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, not a leader. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Now again, I've you know like he's kind of. Like, oh, because I wasn't named captain. That's why everyone keeps harping on that, et cetera, because I'm the quarterback. I should be the captain. Like, what's, like, in terms of, like, his teammates just didn't like him? I just heard some stories of stuff he's done. Like, hmm. I, I can't say. I got you. Uh, some stuff he's done that's been kind of shady. Little Interesting. Intrigue. Wow. Yeah. And well, he's another guy. Not very accurate in college. Right. I mean, you look at the arm. He's got a great arm, you know, and he can fit in the type circles. But, you know, I don't know. you got to so, be accurate. The, my my only go, going back to defensive end because that's one of the positions I feel like defensive end has a huge bust potential in the top ten. Bosa. Just insert. There's a lot of them up there that yeah. like it's a big year for the first round for guys that I mean what's Everson uh, is there a guy named Everson or I forget. See this is like most people pretend they know a lot about yeah. these guys. I've been watching like it, all like, their tape for all the years. <laughs> I was on breakfast on broad the on uh, the other day and. Uh, and uh, uh, Barrett Brooks asked me about Laquan Treadwell. He said, like, how would you go for Laquan Treadwell? I was like, dude, I'll be honest with you. I couldn't even tell you what team Laquan Treadwell plays for because I have not watched him once. Like, I'll, I'll give you it. I'll, I'll talk for 30 minutes about guys I've seen, but I haven't seen him. But like, I feel like most 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 people just like talk definitively about a guy. Right, or they'll, that, like, they'll throw it out. Right. Like, I always like to say, this is, this is what I'm hearing from right. people around. Yeah. And again, it's not like I'm hearing it. Like, you know, so you actually talk to people. Like, yeah. And then when I'm talking to scouts, Murph, it's like yeah, I mean, Murph it's doesn't one like or people, two so. scouts. <laughs> you know, the guy who does the best job, if we're you know, Bob McGinn does a really good job. Yes. Of, uh, of you know, obviously the esteemed uh, – Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, and he's been doing this for years. And he'll talk to like maybe twenty scouts on these prospects, and he'll do 
these, you know, I'm not trying to give a plug to uh, to to Bob, but he's a Why hall of famer. Yeah. He, but anyway, like, and, and even Rick, then, Rick Gosling from the rip Dallas on him Morning because News because they're anonymous. The thing, like yeah. that. I mean, you talk to 20 guys. Got, Goose does a great job uh, pre-draft as well. I mean, he Goose is like one of those mock drafts you have to read because he's called around. I mean, he's really talking to people. It's not like, oh, I think this guy should be taken here. Like, no, I, I've talked to enough people. Um, to know that, you know, that's one of the mock drafts that's yeah, actually you have worth to read. reading. I mean, yeah. you know, not the 3,000 that are on the internet or the, the, the 9.0 version of Joe Schmo's <laughs> mock draft or like, oh my God, what a cottage industry um, that, that has become. We can't get enough of it though. Here we are. We just we lose. So like again, yeah. I, you know, and, and then, and then when I'm picking who the Eagles, I was just trying to figure out who he was talking about with with regards to Joe Schmo. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I think you probably could guess. Yeah, I was going to. Yeah. But, I, but that's why hold your tongue. Hold your tongue. We don't name names here. We're yeah. above that. <coughs> so who, <laughs> what are they? What are they going to do? Uh, first round or overall? We're looking at the draft. Are we still looking at the draft. Yeah. What? What? what like? What, what would you anticipate them doing? Because here's all right. I mentioned. Well, let me ask you this. Who do you have? You thought about who the ten players are that Howie identified in terms of we think there's ten. Elite players. Have you like sat down and been like, all right, this guy's definitely kinda, one of them. Kinda, this guy's yeah, definitely I've kind of looked at it. Um, definitely Tunsil, right? Tunsil is a stud, right? Apparently. Uh, yeah, I mean Stanley is apparently really okay. good. Not Tunsil. You know, Tunsil is going to be is going to be. Uh, you know, apparently he'll, he'll be. Um, who's the best left tackle in the game right now? I don't know. That's a good question, actually. Oh, I would think I would say probably the guy from uh, Trent Williams. Thomas. I really like Trent. Trent. Williams. Trent, Trent. Trent or um, uh, Brown. Um, Dallas, right? Um, so they think he'll be that, and then they'll think Stanley will be like Joe Thomas, or again, not to equate him just to a, a white guy. But um, <laughs> I didn't even know if he was. I, I assumed he was Tongan. Uh, I guess <laughs> I, I thought Ronnie. Oh, it is Ronnie Stan. I, you know, who knows? Are we talking about Tunsil? So those two. Yeah. So okay. that's O line. Then you got. I assumed uh, he was then, like Tongan. Uh, at linebacker, you got you got Miles. Miles mm-hmm. Jack, I think he'll be one of the guys. I think Bosa will be one of the guys. I think uh, uh, it's all of a sudden again. Yeah, Florida State cornerback. He'll be one of the guys. Mm-hmm. What's his Did name? We, we said the two quarterbacks. Oh, Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, Ramsey. Yeah. Uh, I get. I mean, like again, I don't know what the how the Eagles feel about these quarterbacks. They yeah. could look at those quarterbacks as being like, you yeah. know, top forty or you know, like I don't right. know what the quarterbacks. So I don't even. I don't even want to cle- include the quarterbacks in that conversation. Uh, the Oregon kid, the Oregon defensive lineman, I think they would probably have him in the top in that top ten. Uh, Hargraves, um, and then now you start kind of like getting into guys that I'm I'm not really sure sure if they're slam dunks. Maybe they they might identify Ezekiel Elliott as one of those guys, but he's not a guy that they'll take because of, of, uh, of the of, position of the value of the position. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I wonder if like that's why I'm curious. I, I would, there's I would, not a great receiver I think in this draft. I see. That's I don't. I look if I didn't. If I wasn't aware of Laquan Treadmill, I don't. I don't think I would take him. The, you know, I think that indicates mm-hmm. to me that, I mean, SEC receivers. Like I love SEC receivers. I love Mike Adams or Mike Evans, Mike mm-hmm. uh, AJ Green, but I just haven't watched a ton of of Laquan Treadmill. Who do you play for Mississippi State? Yeah, yeah. That's the other thing. If you got, if you got a quarterback without great accuracy throwing to you, like you know, I don't know. Yeah, I, just, I mean, you know, like you know, I guess I kind of evaluate him on his own whether he, you know whatever conference he went to or not or whatever team you know like I was I'm always amused like he stinks because you he's you know USC receiver stink he's gonna stick in the NFL because USC you right. know like I mean why would I hold that against Nelson Aguilar what's what does he have to do with you know 
I don't know, name whatever USC receiver went on, on the stink in the NFL. Now, I'm not saying Nelson Aguilar is going to be uh, a great wide receiver in this league. But right. if we – I mean, I think he's – He's kind of like one of the it questions of the offseason. I agree. Uh, it, works the, it works the opposite way, too. I mean, let's face it. You know, a lot of the, the justification of the Jordan Matthews pick in the second round a couple of years ago was that, well, it was at Vanderbilt. Like, and Vanderbilt stinks, but he caught everything that was thrown to him. And, you know, they didn't have a great quarterback, so therefore Jordan Matthews must be better than the average SEC wide receiver. And he's good, but he's not, you know, spectacular. Hasn't been spectacular yet through his first two years. So No. You know, I mean, it works. It works either way you want to go with it. I would agree with um, that. You know, I mean, I'm, look, as somebody who does not, immer- I mean, who does his due diligence on the draft and doesn't, but doesn't immerse himself in it to the point that, um, you know, a lot of people do. You know, I- I'm curious just from the Howie Roseman standpoint. I'm curious of how are we going to look back at this draft in a year or two, um, and say what does it tell us about, you know, is Howie a better you know, drafter, I guess, than he had been. Not that he was god awful. No, but he. I mean, 2011 and 2010 were pretty were pretty bad. And 20 and 2014, because of Marcus Smith and some of those later guys, yeah, um, uh, wasn't great. In 2013, I'm I'm not really willing to say that it's this great draft either. Yeah, I, everyone's like, oh, well, because they gave second contracts to Lane Johnson. But I mean, like, I like Lane, but like, I mean. Yeah. Is Lane great? Is Lane a, he did not have a great. That was a horrible draft. That no. was a horrible draft overall in the NFL. Maybe in the worst in the last 30 years. Yeah, you can make an argument that Johnson's been better than any of the three well, guys taken ahead of him. Well, that's that's fair to say too. So again, you have to take, you know, the, you know, have to look at that in a vacuum. Yeah. And Zach Ertz um, I think is a nice player and, and I think Benny's a nice player. So yeah. It's an okay draft. Yeah. I just th- I mean that to me is apart from whatever goes on in the field is maybe the most intriguing storyline around the Eagles is yeah. how much if at all has Howie remade himself. Has he really, you know, he played a lot of lip service to that. He was there was an article on the Monday Morning Quarterback where he talked to Peter King yeah. about, oh, if you're away for a little while, you learn some things, yada yada yada. Well, we've got he's going to have some time now to show us, a, if he actually learned anything, and b, if he didn't and is just going about things exactly the way he used well, to always do. I them. mean, like, how how can you improve yourself as as an evaluator? I mean, like, to me, it's like you either have it or you don't. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying it's like being a great writer. It's like you can improve certain things about how you, how you write, but you're either a great writer or not. Like a reporter, like that's one thing. You can improve yourself as yeah. a reporter, but like as a writer, and like and I guess like let's equate that to, you know, you can improve yourself as a guy that like works Mo- on works on trades and- Yeah, and monitors the cap and, and figures out the market value. Like when things. it comes to like looking at a guy and saying, I, this guy is, you know, like, I just think there's GMs around the league and I just think like Steve Kime is one of those guys where I just like, that guy just knows yeah, exactly. players. Mm-hmm. He just knows- or Kevin Colbert. Kevin Colbert, yeah, Thompson, Ted Thompson, yeah, um, you know, Ozzy, of course, Ozzy Newsome. You know, there's there's like there's like maybe a dozen of them, maybe not even that many, and like then there's just a bunch of guys, and and how he's in that group, like and, and 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 that's not a bad group to be in because uh, but he and he has value because he can do what a lot of those other guys can't do. He can, he you know they he can look at look at the rest of the league and say, all right, well I know I can get this for Byron Maxwell because this uh, blah 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 you know like that's there's a talent in that um, yeah look the more the more I live life the more I think everything is a normal distribution and it's shaped like the bell curve and I think that like this is the same thing where there's 65% of the general managers are like guys luck dependent just guys yeah. they're like 65% of the quarterbacks they're like 65% of offensive linemen put them in the right situation give them the right circumstances have them work hard enough it's a lot of luck that's yeah now there's four or five who are great 
mm-hmm. and will actively make everything they touch better. And then there's four or five that are awful right. and will actively make everything they touch worse. Yeah. And I think, I think when there's you, more than four or five. Well, I know, but yeah. I'm just giving it for instance. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think it's I think it probably skews whatever way bad is. Like I think there's fewer great ones right, than right. I think there's more quarterbacks that will lose you a game than quarterbacks that will win you a game on their own. Mm-hmm. And I think the there's probably the same with general managers. And uh, like you said, I think Ted. Tom, I would I don't even know if I'd throw Ozzie Newsom in there. Uh, uh, yeah, I think he's good. I think he's I think he's in that top tier. But most just, guys say he's number one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't looked at it. All I know is I have looked at Colbert, uh, Thompson, and uh, Kime. And that's uh, Snyder. Snyder's another guy throwing that group. Josh yeah. Snyder. Yeah. yeah. Um, my question is, can Howie do enough? And does he have like who's working for him? Well, it's. I it's mean, that's to Donahoe. me the concern. It's Tom Donahoe. Right, but uh, I mean, who's out there on the ground feeding yeah. him stuff about these guys? Uh, I mean, you know, I think that's been their biggest. Problem. I mean, well, again, like, yeah, they didn't. They don't really have a uh, quote unquote director of college scouting right now and now they're bringing back and these are i don't know if you know your listeners anthony patch was right. that guy for but this a while. is why that why it makes they, me ask they, a question because i'm like fired him last year uh which was cheat under shady circumstances I, I can't get into detail on that and then now he's brought him back to be an advisor the same thing for ricky mueller i can't wait to read your book man yeah uh, oh dude i got such good stuff <laughs> seriously when i get out of this business you're gonna come on what, what it takes to, at novacare i'm gonna <laughs> unload unload me, on, me and uh, some people me and sealski and i will be uh Gray-haired, shuffling into this sh- shuffling studio, shuffling into unquote. our studio to to make this thing called the podcast that none of the kids know what the heck okay. we're talking about because <laughs> they just one. have like radio chips implanted in their brain. <laughs> and we're gonna have you come on and tease your L.A. Philly Con- Novacare Confidential. Yeah, uh, well, it may be a screenplay. Give us one. It may be a screenplay instead of a book. Can't you like can't you like change the names right now and give us a like a like a Fear, if I did fear it, and loathing with the Philadelphia Eagles. Come on, see that's good. All that's why time, I, all the times the Eagles try to get me fired, I'll, I'll, that's in the book. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, I was yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, by the way, I, I I think you're underestimating Carson Wentz's mobility. My <laughs> I just I, I you know I, I wasn't I mean and plus he's a not that piece big. of flotsam he's, he's floating kinda, around in your brain skinny. there. He's kind of he's like not skinny skinny but like he's not like Mike Glennon skinny. But he's not. Like, I, I like Mike Glennon too. He's uh, Glennon is uh, perhaps one of the better backups in the league. I don't understand why people don't trade for him because they're not willing to give up uh, him for. I guess he's more va- peanuts. He's probably more valuable to the Bucks than whatever pick somebody's willing to give up for him. Right, and I think they they're not willing to take anything less than a two apparently or yeah, whatever. So, that makes sense. Am, but I mean, I uh, said I, not to toot my own horn, but, but yeah, I always do that. So yeah. but anyway, to get back to your question about Howie. Um, you yeah, let, I mean, you didn't let me toot my own again. Horn. There's like ton, there's tons of us. Uh, toot the scouts, horn. There's tons of scouts in the building there. I mean, th- there are guys, and, and my, my thing with Donahoe is, all right, he was the Steelers GM in like the in the '90s and the Bills, et cetera. And you know, he's got he's got some good drafts and he's got some bad drafts, and he's been hired as a, hired as like a senior advisor these last five or six years with the Eagles. And and I trust him. I think he's a football guy. I think he knows his stuff. But like, I mean, how in touch is he really? I mean, he lives in Pittsburgh. Right. Um, he's which the Jerry I don't think, I don't think keeps him from not knowing players. And I'm not saying he's old or anything like that. I don't. I don't know. I just. I don't know if I. You know what what he is really. I don't know much about. I don't, I don't know much about him recently. You know what has he done? Can you point to me like saying, okay, he was a guy that exactly. plucked out so and so. And that's all right. So that's. Here's my here's my theory with scouting because this reminds me of, this was like my Pat Gill, the Pat Gillick thing always used to drive me crazy and still does. 
because there's this notion that you know Pat Gill, the Eagles won or the Phillies won the World Series because Pat Gillick won taught, it, taught them how won to it, win. Won it, yeah, he won it for them in his the three years he was here, and. Ruben Mar Jr. suddenly started making good moves once Pat Gillick replaced David <laughs> Montgomery as interim G- interim president. And I, you know, I would always say, like, Ruben Mar Jr. did not make one move over these last six years that he did not first call Pat Gillick and say, "What do you think?" And look at what Pat Gillick's franchises did after him. He left franchises in you know disarray. Disarray every time he left. That's not the mess on Pat Gillick, but his skill set was back before and i think this is probably the same it's probably the same for tom, tom donahoe like scouting used to be like real bird dogging where where you would go and you might be the only one to actually be have your eyes on a guy or you might be the only one to even know this kid's name whereas now first with the advent of the central scout or with the whatever it's called the scouting bureau but now with all of these eyes that are on i mean people like me watching cut tapes of carson wentz like like right. there's, you know, these Twitter dorks who are just like, I mean, they, they, they've got like 30,000 followers and all they do is watch tape of college guys. There's not a single player that nobody's is aware unseen. is right. at the one to a level. So, right. So that kind of like has almost marginalized guys like Tom Donahoe because they're they're They were like the grinders, the guy who, who just knew what an NFL player looks like. Now everyone knows what an NFL player looks like. And I think the guys who are rising to the top are guys who can just have that X factor ability to look at a guy and be like that intuition, like you said, you know, mm-hmm. where again, th- and this is my thing with Howie. Yeah. Michael Kendrick's NFL player, but they did not pick two elite guys who got picked right after him. Bruce Irvin and, and uh, Bobby Levante, uh, Levante David and Bobby Wagner, Bobby Wagner, yeah. Bobby Wagner. Like that's so like, that's the thing Like that to me is, is, is the difference. The, that's the, the difference. difference, you know, where you can, that's the biggest thing the Eagles have failed in over the last three four or five years they haven't gotten a single like elite five-star guy out of any of these drafts because that's Cox. you know fletcher cox is okay fletcher cox but so that's one in five years but that's one in five years where you know the steelers emmanuel sanders uh antonio brown like guys and again you, it might not be one guy but you see something where it's like that guy has a chance you know yeah. right like what like like Wentz, for example, I think Wentz could be one of those guys. It's just that you love Wentz. He has. I don't love. That's the thing. I I love Andrew Luck. That's right. I love Andrew Luck. I think Wentz's tools are amazing, but I also think he's got huge bust potential. Like I think he's. There's no way to know whether he's ever going to be able to read an. You don't know what you don't know what's upstairs. Right. Right. And he's just never had to do it. Yeah. Somebody knocked on our door. Oh, oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. It was Howie. Yeah. <laughs> what else were we going to ask him about? I forget. So you would um, not take Ezekiel Elliott. You wouldn't take a quarterback. Right. You would take – would you take Miles Jack if he's there? Uh, that's that's an interesting uh, proposition because, I mean, he's a guy – yeah, you know what? I mean, your your partner in crime loves my, loves him some Miles Jack. Uh, Zach. Zach Berman, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I would take him um, because you really – you kind of still have a needed strong side. I mean, I don't think Nigel Bradham is going to – you know, this – I mean, he – could be a solution for a season or so, but does he talk in a Miles British Jack is a Does he freak. talk in a British accent, Nigel? Nigel, Nigel no, Braddle. No, he's not. He just sounds like a character on Downtown Abbey, even though I've never actually watched <laughs> right. Downtown. Nigel Abbey. Hawthorne was a, a, I just a picture great him, British actor. I actually picture him looking like Madness of King, King George. Like by the way. I, I picture yeah. him looking like uh, excellent movie. Donnie was Donnie Jones the linebacker that wore the bow ties yes. and everything. Yes, I picture him looking like Donnie Jones and talking like Lennox Lewis. <laughs> And then yeah. it's, it's sipping tea instead no, of the smoothie. Like, he seems like a, a bright guy. Uh, but to answer your question, Miles Jack, yeah, like, I, again, like, yeah, well, I mean, 
typically Eagles don't draft again linebackers in the first round. Um, but you know, is, is this guy definitely uh, uh, you know outside linebacker in a four three? Is that is that what everyone's saying? I don't know. I mean, is he is he? I mean, he's not huge. He's only like six one. Whatever. Like, yeah. could he be like a three four outside linebacker? Yeah. I mean, do people think that he can rush rush off the edge like that? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I just I know he's know. so freakishly athletic and gifted that. Um, but anyway, so again, like, yeah. I mean, this is a big question for for the Eagles moving forward. Is and Zach was Zach was kind of bringing this up to me uh, to give him kind of credit on it. Is like with Jim Schwartz, you're you're, you're now building your defense. Your, your, you know, your personnel to, yeah, to his scheme and do you want to get guys that are just like okay this is this guy I envision him being a wide nine edge rusher etc high motor blah 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 or do you want to get like the Fletcher Coxes that can that are so good that they can they can work in any scheme because again you know if you draft in a guy at number eight you want him to be on your team for 10 years is Jim Schwartz going to be here for 10 years and you want him to coordinator? be you want him to be transcendent, like right. you want him to be right. So, like Miles Jack is, is right. my it, it could be that guy, right? Like, right. You know what I'm saying like I could f- put him anywhere; he's gonna be awesome. You he's don't explosive. want just a solid starter, right? And you want like again, like I love Fletcher Cox. I think he's a five star guy. Um, but like when when's the last time the Eagles have drafted a guy that was like so phenomenally uh, athletic at that at one of those edge rushing or right. linebacker mm-hmm. spots or even at safety? Or, Dawkins. You know, I mean, think about it. Dawkins like was the guy. And, and it, it shows you what a luxury they had in having Jim Johnson as a defensive coordinator for as long as they did be, for that very reason. You didn't have to worry about him going anywhere, becoming a head coach or anything like that. He was he was at the point of his career where that kind of had passed, you know, and you could, you could do both. You could draft a guy like, you know, you had a guy like Dawkins who was drafted before Johnson got there, but then you can go and get guys who can at once fit fit his scheme, but be dynamic in that scheme. Right, and, and, and getting back to your Dawkins example too, like that was a guy that John Jim identified was so good that we're gonna, not going to build our defense around it, but he's going to be the linchpin. Right, he's going to be the guy that we you know we build off of at least at least in the secondary. Mm-hmm. And if Miles Jacks could be that guy, like you're saying, okay, we're going to build our scheme, right. we're going to stick to our scheme, we're going to have our base scheme, but like this is a guy that we're going to. Uh, you know, b- build a lot of what we do off of it. Yeah. Um, so if he was there, I- I'd certainly take him as well. And the same could be said for Bosa as well, too. Yeah, I, I see. I'm like Bosa. I just, I-, I feel like I watched a lot of Ohio State, and he just was never a guy. Like he, I know he was. I just don't get the JJ Watt comparisons, other than they're both Caucasians. You know, <laughs> like I just don't. Yeah, that's not fair. I just don't see him as that kind of player. Um, and again, I. How about uh, how about uh, Jared Allen? Another white guy. Another. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's think of all. But Allen is more Justin like, again. Smith. How about Justin Smith? Well, so you think Bosa is more of an edge guy, whereas Watt is a is an everywhere guy, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, like, I feel like I feel like uh, Bosa is more of like a Mario Williams kind of like yeah. all around defensive end, whereas Watt is like yeah, like uh, Watt's almost more of a defensive. Ta- Watt's almost like Cox a little bit, you know, like it, just mm. in terms of the, his size and. Well, yeah, he can. I mean. He's like a three technique almost, but he can also sw- swing outside and do the f- seven thing. But like, all right, so I'm looking at right now because I, I just feel like I've seen that so many defense. Do you have to leave? Are you uh, looking? Uh, at- no, no, I'm just uh, looking at uh, the guys that we didn't mention, like Corey Coleman, uh, wide receiver from Baylor, Jack Conklin, offensive tackle right. from Michigan State. But see, I feel like, like they wouldn't. Oh, Shaq have- Lawson, another defensive end from Clemson. 
Um, but I, you know, I'm not sure if those guys, like, do, right. do one of those guys Case sneak in up. Case in point. Case in point. Again, like, we don't know. Here's my other thing with, like, the mock drafts and stuff like that, too. Like, you know, I just love how, like, you're changing your mock drafts. You're changing your mock draft based on what you're starting. This is what it should be, what you're learning, uh, how the, the, the league views these, these guys. guys. Exactly. Right. Like, I mean, like, they've pretty much the, – the draft boards are pretty much almost set in stone. Occasionally right. you have a guy move oh, yeah. up based on what he's that's done. My, uh, that's, that's my biggest pet peeve about draft day is when a guy – a late, late riser late up riser, the board. I'm like, right. dude, these guys have made up their mind. Like, the film weeks. is there. Yeah, the I know. They've been there, watching been these guys for three years, and, and they've been meeting about them. For, all they've had to do is meet about them. It's like th- – there was somebody last year where it was like yeah. – uh, like the whole Matt Barkley thing. He fell from a first. No, he was never a first round. Right. right. That's you right. <laughs> like, that's, that's right. What, like, yeah, like, there was somebody it, last it year was, where it was, it was an like, invisible pedestal that we put these guys right. on. Like, like Mel Kuyper had him a first rounder yeah. going at coming out of whatever his well, junior Well, I mean, because year. when you're when no you're evaluating evaluators? when you're when you're evaluating a draft or you're judging a draft, you're trying to put, you're you're actually doing two things. You're trying to say, A, where do guys go? And B, what kind of player are they going to be when they actually get to the NFL? And there's and those are two totally separate things. Same thing, like, I, I wrote this after the Eagles drafted Marcus Smith. The idea, like, I didn't have a problem with them drafting Marcus Smith in the abstract because nobody knows anything. Correct. Nobody knows. Well, that's my, yeah. And that was my I, my point as I am want to do that I never finished earlier. My, my th- the reason why I give them a pass on Marcus Smith is, like, that, 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 that 20 to 30 range is just a graveyard for draft picks. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, it's, nobody picks a good pick there. And if you do, you get lucky, you know? like. Right. Yeah, they should have drafted Kelvin Benjamin, you know, but they didn't draft, you know, look at all the Eagles picks that used to, the Eagles were always drafting that range and they never got anybody. And if you look at it, nobody, for whatever reason, don't get us started on Allen Robinson, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> you and I, we'll talk <laughs> we'll like do, 30 minutes about we're that. We're going to have two, we're going to have two draft special podcasts. In the week. <laughs> One of them is just going to be me and Jeff talking about how great Allen Robinson is. And, <laughs> and I, we knew it. Yeah. And we knew it. And I like... Literally, this was one of those, like, I was having an aneurysm every time, like, a wide receiver went off the board in front of him. But anyway, uh, this is, all right, let me read, right, let, me read you, let me read you my, the t- these are the last, the last, uh, reading backwards, defensive ends drafted in the top five, Jadavian Clowney, Deion Jordan, Ziggy Ansah, star, Tyson Jackson, Good. solid, Chris Long, bust, Gaines Adams, uh, no, bust, I mean, he had some pretty good years. Yeah, but he's not what you want as the number two pick in the draft. He just yeah, got okay. cut. I wouldn't say bust. All right. Gaines Adams, bust. Like Deion bust. Jordan is bust. Right. Yes. Deion Jordan's bust. Gaines Adams, bust. 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 Star, star. Yeah. Solid. Mary Williams, bust. Julius Peppers, star, boy, star. Cor- Justin Williams, star. Courtney Brown. Brown. Oh, Andre Wadsworth. Uh, yeah, bust. Simeon Rice was, pr- was pretty good. He was very good, yeah. I just but, feel like there's a lot of... Like there's, a, I, I just feel like there's a, I mean, Jadavian Clowney, even we haven't seen that no. anything yet. You know, no. I, I don't know. I just there's a risk there. If I could get back to this whole late climber thing, yeah. I, I saw one exa- example of that the last few years, and it was the Eagles with Lane Johnson. Okay. Who do you think is who do you think is the running back next year? Are they going to bring in a running? I mean, they, do you think they're just going to draft one? I think. Yeah, what, I do. Yeah, Ryan Matthews, Darren Sproles, and a kid they draft. Right. Yeah, I just, I mean, Ryan Matthews and Darren Sproles. There, there's not a negligible probability of those two guys being out and injured on the same Sunday. Darren's been relatively yeah. healthy over his career. Ryan's the guy you worry about in terms of his health. And then and then, and then your concern is, well, okay, if he gets hurt, can Darren Sproles be the lead guy can, that's carrying can, you 20, 20, 
What's that? What's Kenyon Barners? I mean, I don't know. He's Oregon. At some point, he may be out of here, <laughs> and, and, and in San Francisco. What's so I think it? I think they look at the draft, and I mean that's where you're getting running backs and decent ones. I mean, David Johnson last year, yeah, um, yeah. for example, uh, among other quarterback running backs, I can I could name. Um, and and I, I said this earlier. I said like that's you know when you want to draft running backs, um, and I'm sure they would have done that last year. Like they they had every opportunity to get a pretty good running back rather than sign. DeMarco Murray. I, mm-hmm. I just and waste all this money. And again, like, you know, again, I gave Howie credit, but like this really goes back to, and I'm not trying to like, uh, it goes back to Joe Banner. Joe Banner was really ahead of the yeah, curve on the running back thing. He identified very early on that this position was, was um, there's going to be uh, increasingly, Attrition decreasingly yeah. become yeah. Uh, less valuable in this league, not only because the, the, uh, uh, the, you know, emphasis placed on the passing game, but also just in terms of how you allocate your salary cap dollars. And when you sign them too, like you know, of course, like the, you know, the, the peaking twenty seven at twenty seven, the guys you know past thirty and stuff like that. So, again, like yeah, you it better be Adrian Peterson mm-hmm. if you're picking a running back in the and I would say even the first round. Yeah, I mean Gurley's the only guy I would have drafted in the first round yeah. since Peterson probably. I mean not first round, but first you know top where the Eagles are at right now. Mm-hmm. But so, I think the interesting thing with the running back position with regard to the scheme that's in place now is how much emphasis I mean Chip never kept his running back in the block and did not lean on him a ton in the passing game even though this year they ended up catching a lot of passes and I don't really because it was checked down right. Sam yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean we've seen them draft Bryce Brown seen them draft Chris Polk under Andy Reid and those guys just couldn't get on the field for whatever reason you know well we? McCoy who was the other one you mentioned Polk? Bryce Polk Chris Polk Chris Polk Bryce Brown Chris I mean, Polk's a free agent they could bring him back. Yeah, but, but, but why? I guess what I'm saying is it always felt like there was I – mean, it's, it's weird to figure out how NFL you know, rookie running backs get on the field. Do you know, I just feel like there's a lot of rookie running backs that just never get on the field for whatever reason, and, and that's the only danger in relying or on that. A, yeah, an injury, it seems like. Right. Um, you know, or if, if they look, can't hold, hold on to the ball. Like, if, like again, like Bryce Brown yeah. couldn't get on the field because he couldn't, couldn't hold, hold the on the ball. Oh, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, and he's a total numbskull. But, but if – you know, like let's look at the Chiefs and what they did at running right. back to get a kind of understanding of what Doug is going to do. Now, yeah. of course, you had Jamal Charles, which is who's a, a phenomenal running back, and then he gets hurt, and then you just have a bunch of guys. But but the running game may have improved. Am I? Yeah, I mean, it was just well, was as like- fine. It was just as fine. Um, and they do they do a lot. Of, I mean, they did a lot of different different things because you had Alex Smith at quarterback, so that there was there was zone read. Mm-hmm. There was like there was like a, they like ran straight was zone like, read against the Patriots. Yeah, You're right. Or, 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 the there, or there was the uh, the uh, yeah the option. Uh, I mean, the, the straight. Uh, you know, um, everyone. No one says. Okay, here. so but does that does that approach necessarily work with Bradford? As no, it doesn't. Yes, yeah, so it doesn't. Could do that. So that so you know what did, what did Andy do with his running backs? So what? when you had McCoy, when you had Brian Westbrook. Well, you um, had the three headed. Let's think. Oh, three had the three headed monster. Right. Before that, you had Donovan throwing the ball all they have, the time. Could they do that here with with Matthews, Sproles, and a rookie? I thought they were going to do that last year with Chip Kelly, and it never it never happened. Like he he just because the interior of their line couldn't he block. Couldn't block yeah, um, you know that's interesting. I mean, I I would assume they've got to draft somebody in the third or fourth fourth round, a running back. See, I don't even know. Like, yeah, I mean, I they have to add inventory. Absolutely, I don't know if there's a round that they have to do it at. Yeah, um, I don't know enough about the yeah. running backs, you know, whether they say whatever. But like a quarter, you know, they're going to draft a quarterback in that second or third day. Who do you um, think? All right, that, that that you just reminded me. That was my question. Right. Who are some names 
quarterback wise that, that could uh, be done like are we talking Cody Kessler Zach Prescott um, uh, I, see, I, I don't really like Prescott much Javon Boykin Jacoby Bres- uh, I'll, I'll, I'll read you the ones like that are Boykin. Cardale Cardale Jones Cody Kessler Hackenberg, Prescott, Brissett, oh. Allen, Driscoll, Boykin. I like Hogan, but apparently. Uh, Hogan's, yeah. Apparently. Coker. Uh, he's got big hands. 10.25. <laughs> I think the guy that I would probably pay attention to is. I'm trying to think about guys that I've heard a lot about. The, who's the tall kid? Um, <laughs> you're going to you're gonna have to give me more than that. Dan McGuire. Is it, Briss, is it Brissett? Who's this? Like is that. this your is this your QB rankings? No, this is I I just got this off the internet. This, this is oh not Driscoll. Even, these aren't even ranked. I think these Driscoll are, is somebody I would pay attention to. I don't think these are ranked in order. I think these are ranked roughly in order, but these are uh, the combine measurements. Uh, uh, Driscoll's a guy I would pay attention to. Is he the former Florida guy? Oh no no no! I'm sorry, not. Dr- I was gonna say because I hate him. If, if oh, no no! I saw Driscoll at the Senior Bowl. I don't think I really, I don't think I heard good things about him. Well, he was I, he was awful at Florida, just awful. Yeah. Uh, Connor Cook number four. Yeah, like who? I mean, what's Prescott? Like, what's the word on Prescott? Are any of these guys potential Prescott, Russell Wilsons? Uh, some people like him. I mean, he you know he's get he got better as a thrower his second year. I know that. Um, so he, and he was like in the sixty three four five. Are we all fired? Mike Mike just got a memo. We, under we've the got door. Uh, yeah, memo's been slid under the door that our studio may be used as an editor's office. Oh, what kind wow. of editor? Uh, the assistant managing editor for news. Oh. Right now? That's hilarious. Eventually. Okay. So uh, we may need to, you know, cut this podcast short and find a uh, oh, rooftop man. to broadcast from. <laughs> I was just, so So I guess to set the scene for everybody, the, there was a mysterious knock on the door. And then Earlier, a, yes. And then a... And then a note slipped under, a, like, a like note, we were a Tim Robbins just, in the yeah. Shawshank Redemption. A note was just, <laughs> literally just slid under the door on an official memo complete with... Uh, yeah. Company letterhead and right. I think we got to be clear about the second or third day the quarterback. Though. This is going to be a guy that they're, the just, they're just going to. Thought you should know. This is awesome. <laughs> I don't want to interrupt your work, but we're trying to identify who's currently using this office. Uh, so <laughs> so are we. Yeah. Uh, no, just real quick. If I just think on the second and third day quarterback, I think everyone has to realize this is going to be a guy that's just going to take a chance on. I mean, you know, it's like the kind of the old Ron Wolf, um, you know, axiom about taking a quarterback every year and, and just seeing if he can hit or not. Um, because you still have Sam and you still have Chase and, um, you know, you can't – again, like I don't think there's any chance they take a quarterback at number eight. I don't think there is either. I, do you really think – going back to defensive end, do you really think they enter the season with uh, Barwin and Graham as the two? I mean, that would seem to be a – Vinny. That's, uh, that's right, Vinny. But it just seems like a lot of like – I don't know. It just seems – I mean, you don't got any guy – you got Vinny Curry who can rush the passer, I guess. But like Grant, Graham and Barwin aren't they're just great guys. at anything as no, defensive they want, ends. They want an elite edge rusher. Yeah, that's why yeah. like – and I think they're going to give Jim Swartz somebody. Yeah. He's always had somebody. He had Mario Williams in Buffalo. He had – We had Sue and Sue and there was really Detroit. no one great uh, that they could get without, you know, yeah. really dipping deep into their – I'm their trying to look back on – I'm trying to look back on the year that I was thinking of. It might have been the year LaShawn McCoy got hurt. Um, in fact, I'm almost positive it was. 2012? Yeah. How do I get to 2012? What are you looking for again? In terms of the running back situation? Like there was a, there was a situation where they just didn't have a running back one week, I remember. Uh, well, they had in 2012. That's when Bryce Brown yeah, kinda, that's, like exploded those couple games. Um, right. Well, like Deion Lewis. Why didn't Deion Lewis ever work out here? 
He was kind of a knucklehead too. Remember, he had that kind of thing at the uh, at the uh, hotel. He pulled the fire alarm and stuff. Like that. A little immature. Um, you know, he had talent, um, as you saw with the Patriots last year. Uh, now he's had injury issues, but the, in Philly, the injuries weren't really. A, he, he did have a couple nagging things, if I recall correctly. But again, just had McCoy ahead of him, and and Andy. You know, you're going to feed a guy like McCoy, and you only have so many carries to go around in the Andy Reid system. I mean, you know, he's a pass-first guy, so um, yeah. that just happens. Yeah. Do you have any – yeah. Uh, what do you think about the Flyers? I was actually there last night. Were you really? Yeah. I was Why? too. I, I was working. Tickets. You just I was got in the to, suite. Yeah. No, you got to enjoy it? Uh, you know, like I, you know, I have not – I've hardly ever watched the Flyers, so, like, I need to be kind of – Brought up to date on on who's good. I mean, I know I've heard enough about Ghost. He, he impresses me. Yeah, he's it's it's an interesting uh, dynamic this season because this has been a franchise that for forty years has been like it's been all or nothing. Like we try to win the Stanley Cup this year, and if we don't, the season is a failure. Right, and then we're just gonna they're gonna tr- rebuild. We're gonna retool and try again next year. And now they're in a situation where they're close to a playoff spot, and everybody around the team and on the team even is kind of like, hey, this is good if we make it. That's great, and if we don't, we know we're headed in the right direction because we've got these young players in the system. And right, they got some nice pieces. Um, you still have like you know Wayne Simmons and and Drew. Drew but are and they going to be part of the future? You know, I, I, I guess. Yes, they are. You think both those guys? Yes, Even Wayne? they are. Yes, I do. All right, I'm already bored. Uh, <laughs> all right, we'll be back next week. Uh, I would everybody. Uh, I was going to say instant message Twitter Twitter Jeff and tell him to come back on the podcast. Yes, because this was fun. And informative. And he's actually got he's got information and talks to people and me and Mike just kinda like sit here and have people, have people wonder what the heck we're doing, we're doing here. here. <laughs> so uh, uh, I try. Well yeah, that's assuming that we have a studio. Next week. Yeah. We'll figure it out. If like I said, say, we'll we, find a rooftop. I, might say, have to, I say we do it in a bar. Yes. Now you're talking. Yes. Over drinks. Uh hey, I'm all in. If there's if anybody out there we need uh, a sponsor. Yeah, we need to. We do need a sponsor. We have a sponsor. We just haven't gotten do they around. Serve, do they serve alcohol? No, they sell T-shirts. All right. Well, I mean, hey, come get. I like T-shirts. What bar? What bar would you choose? Uh, In Philly, obviously downtown somewhere. It's a, this area is tough. It's got to be close to here. Oh, it doesn't have to be close to here. Like, what I, think I a choose? cool place would be, there's that bar in the Reading Terminal, Molly Malloy's, or yeah. whatever it is. Like, just do it in the Reading Terminal. That would be awesome. The Reading Terminal would be the best place, I think, to do it. We podcast. would drink, we would eat, it would be I mean, like, I don't know why more, more radio, these local radio stations don't do not do their, their hits, for, you know, their shows from Reading Terminal. Well, they do any, it at that cheesy champions bar across the yeah. street or whatever or something like that. If anybody if anybody uh, own, owns, That's operates, Philadelphia. or... Or uh, what's that? Reading Terminal is filled. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, like, absolutely. Yeah, hey, man, insane. let's do it. Let's, All right. Let's take this. Let's, let's take this up at the level. Rick Nichols right. got a room name after him there. Rick Nichols, if you guys recall, is former food inquirer, yes. food yes. Uh, columnist, and uh, let's see if he can he can swing. Craig, right. Craig LeBan on it. We'll make see what we can do. Food thing. I would love. Am it. I taking over your podcast here? You can have no, it. No, I think. You, <laughs> hey. It's, it's all yours, man. I'll you come if it. it's at the writing terminal. I will come. <laughs> all right. All right. Cool. We'll see you next week. All right. See you guys. Bye.